0: Belichick's lost. lost a step to me. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. This is Annex Squared. That's right. It is Annex Squared, episode 18, and believe it or not, the final episode of Annex Squared for this the 2022-2023 NFL season. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2022. My name is Jason Anik. Joined on the screen by my identical twin brother, UFC commentator John Anik. You know, I complain all year about picking games on a Tuesday, but that's a regular season problem, man. I'm ready to go from the postseason, huh? Well, and I'll tell you right now, if I want to do an annex squared Super Bowl preview, I'm going to trot that out there. So in all likelihood, our final episode, our 18th and final episode, we were not with you, of course, last week because of the Damar Hamlin situation. And candidly, I'd like to thank the entire Hammer Network team and Zach Phillips and everybody else for their patience and navigation with that whole situation, because I know for a lot of sports fans, this was unique to other sports watching experiences. Certainly I work as a mixed martial arts commentator, and we've never had anything like that happen. So candidly, I think for a lot of handicappers and NFL betting types just didn't have an appetite to be picking games. And thankfully we can sit here, you know, fully hearted given the fact that DeMar is back in Buffalo and things have progressed the way they have. But, uh, Obviously, that was why we were dark last week. Yeah, so we didn't pick week 18. Um, and so week 17, we'll just shoot you back. And for those of you who haven't joined us before, each week we pick five games against the spread uh, and we go against each other. Now, there was going to be a punishment at the end of this season. And I know you didn't want me to get into this, but I'm going to get into it. So, so the loser was to do five shots of tequila on the final episode of Annex Square. Now, John is working in New Orleans and as a professional broadcaster, he just isn't afforded that luxury. But I'm going to quickly say, so week 17, John, you were three and two. I was two and two. I had the Bengals in the Bills-Bengals-Monday night game that didn't happen. So I picked 84 games. You picked 85 games. So I finished half a game ahead of you. So technically, yeah. you should be doing five shots of tequila right now on the episode. But I just want to say, you're because you're unable to do that, you know, for DeMar Hamlin, man, I just wanted to do one for DeMar Hamlin yes. and for Annex Square to honor the bet. That a boy. Well, thank you. So- Hopefully it wasn't water. So it wasn't. uh, It wasn't my favorite silver tequila, but anyway. Yeah, that Patron stuff is garbage. Or Don Julio, whatever you have. Casamigos. That's the stuff. We got to have twin tequila or something. Uh, You got to come out with your own tequila, but that's a different conversation. But Damar Hamlin, I just will say in taking that shot for him, he brought me so much happiness last week. I mean, like hearing the noise, uh, excuse me, the news that everything was fine, that he was neurologically intact. I mean, and just all the forthcoming news, they're coming. And we're going to get into the Buffalo Bills. But anyway, so unbelievable, man. 84 games picked for me, 85 for you. I'm 39, 42, and 3. You're 40, 44, and 1. Really close to 500. Either way, half a game. And the purpose of us going five games against each other all, all season was so that we would get ready for the circa 4 million pro football contest where we pick five games against the spread and submit in a joint account. On that note, congratulations to you with a 5-0 and o in the Circa contest last week. So talk to me. Well,
1: Circa I contest. don't know that I
0: necessarily want to be congratulated for a losing ticket, right? A season ticket that's essentially getting ripped up. But yes, we'll take the 5-0 and o in week 18. And quickly in terms of our head-to-head, it really is amazing. We share DNA. We're identical twins. We think the same way. We talk the same way. And after picking a whole NFL season's worth of games, and granted, we're making these picks on Tuesday, so oftentimes we're getting stale lines. I'm not making an excuse for being a couple games below 500. But we're only separated by a half a game, merely percentage points. I will make good on the bet. I am a betting man. I am a man of my word. But, yes, I have voiceover obligations here in New Orleans, Louisiana. And, candidly, taking five shots on the eve of this obligation is not a good path for me to realize success. (laughs) But in terms of the Circa Million 4 Pro Football Contest, so the winner had 61.5 total points out of a possible 90. He finished 59-26-5, 33 games over 500. That is a 69% clip. But ultimately, I'm not trying to win the whole goddamn thing. I'm just trying to cash. So in order to cash in the Circa 4 Pro Football Contest in 2022, you needed 55 points, right? So the difference essentially between 55 points to cash and and 61.5 to win the whole thing, not all that pronounced. We finished with 49.5 points, 6.5 points out of the money right? So I feel like we can bridge that gap to the pot. I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to be 30 games over 500. Certainly there's a lot of luck involved, but we finished the year on the strength of a 5-0 in Week 18, 48-39-3, tied for 819th place out of a total 4,682 entries. So we're firmly in the top 20%. I felt like we handicapped the board pretty well this year. Certainly, I think anybody who partakes in these long-form, season-long contests can talk about bad beats on a week-to-week basis. You know, but generally speaking, I didn't feel like we had a lot of those close games go our way, and we still end up nine games over five hundred. So I'm satisfied with our work in the circuit contest, even though we did not cash. Do you know how they handled that Bills-Bengals game? I, and, and I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here, but a lot of fantasy consideration. Now that we're allowed to move on to football, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's a contest like this, that game not happening on that Monday night and going away did have ramifications that w- certainly had a trickle down uh, in terms of this professional sport and the big business that is the NFL. No yeah, doubt. that's a good question. I would imagine it just got wiped off the board or maybe it was a push to make the numbers work. Probably was factored into the contest as a push. And candidly, I wouldn't be surprised if they have language at the front end that sort of gets them ahead of that, just given all the cash that is exchanging hands. One other thing of note real quick. Last place, if you pick all 90 games and finish in last place among those who have finished the contest, you win $100,000. Unbelievable. But a lot of people who are doing poorly maybe bail after 50 or 60 selections, right? So the last place winner of the $100,000, big booty Judy's, Pick 90 games finish 29 5 <laughs> 5 and 1 and you sometimes you feel like the closest thing to a 2 and 0 and 5 is a 5 and 0 and yeah. i just it's unbelievable that's fascinating well he was on and, for his futility we will be back next season thanks to our proxy the great matty simo matty vegas but, matty vegas uh, so in a situation when certainly the guy who wins 100K for being last place didn't start the season in that effort, I've got to know if he's betting against himself at any point. At some point for the last, right? Or is well, he just... maybe towards the tail end, you can see when you're getting stale numbers, right? If you looked at the Dolphins-Jets game this past weekend, we had Dolphins plus one in the contest. It was probably minus three and a half, minus four on the Miami side at close. So, yeah, certainly I think circumstantially he can take the worst stalest numbers, and I think more often than not, you're probably going to end up on the wrong side. But, uh, hey, man, I'd honestly, I mean, $100,000 is a lot of money, but I don't know that that's a badge of honor I'd like. I'd rather have 48 (laughs) predictions than 29 (laughs) predictions. Split 100 grand with you. I take 50K, the government takes about 28, you know. I'm only taking 22,000 home. I'd rather pick 48 winners instead of 55 losers, I don't know. I hear you. So in addition to the five picks against the spread every week, we did make some predictions at the outset of the season, some good, some bad. So let's get into some of that. See how that shakes out. We can spend as little or as long on each one as you like. So we did pick each division. So I'm just going to sort of start how we did on episode one of the program. So AFC West, I had the chargers, Certainly that didn't come in. It came in the chief. Do you want to go through it? You I mean, just are me you your- just going to belabor this? Cause I did so poorly. Like, can you run through the fucking picks and then we'll talk I'd be about happy them? To. I mean, I'd Jesus. be happy to. Um, so in terms of, but I will say though, in terms of the prognostication, you know, There's a lot of chalk in the NFL, and it's not like like if you went full chalk, you're looking pretty good at this point. There weren't a lot of crazy oh, surprises. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of saying that in jest, right? I just don't know that we need to belabor the season-long picks. We had to pick a winner in every division. Obviously, I whiffed on all of my Raiders future. I had them coming out of the AFC, really, because the number was 23-1, to 1. but essentially nailed most of the AFC playoff picture. I did have the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South, and it came down to the final game. They didn't have their quarterback. But I had the wild cards to the Ravens and the Chargers. I did have a wild card to the Chiefs. They ended up getting in. So I I did hit on 5 of the 7 AFC teams. I was far less successful in the NFC. But my biggest ticket is obviously the Bills to win the Super Bowl and to win the AFC and those are still alive, but uh yeah, I uh I had to pay the man on some futures. Yeah, amazing how. I said you could spend as little or as or as long as you want on each thing. We just passed through all of it. Um, just a couple of things I want to say of note. So in the AFC, um, well, you know, I'm going to get to that with my futures, but in the AFC, right, you get the Jaguars. I had the Colts, you get the Bengals winning in that division. I had the Ravens, Ravens still in the tournament. I, I had the Chargers winning the AFC West. The chiefs went up Chargers still in the tournament, my wildcard spots. I had dolphins, Broncos, chiefs now covered by Ravens Chargers. So for me, right, in terms of the AFC postseason, I had the Colts in, the Jaguars are in, but other than that, the picture wow. yeah. is 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 accurate. <clears throat> now, in terms of the NFC, we both had the Rams. You had some futures on the Ram. Obviously, Stafford's injury, and but Stafford was banged up going into the year. Um, and now McVay, and I, 34 years old, not going not gonna to coach the organization. I'd be devastated if I'm a Rams fan, if he didn't come back. Different, But anyway, 49ers win that division. But I had the Vikings win in the north. I had the Bucks win in the south. Yeah. And the Eagles win in the east. And I did say on episode one that I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles make a very deep run. Now, they're certainly not necessarily peaking. Um, But anyway, you had the Cowboys there. Um And they're in yeah, the postseason. Yeah, so. you did great. And I actually think you should be commended for your foresight in terms of what happened, not just in the NFC, not just with the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles, whom you were bullish on really from week one. But everything you said about the New England Patriots on episodes one through three of Annex Squared essentially came to fruition. And even though a lot of my analysis was rooted in optimism, maybe, I mean, everything yeah, you said about Belichick sort of became the national narrative as the season went along. And I think you hit on a lot of inconvenient truths that Jonathan and Robert Kraft are going to have to address this offseason. But no, you had a, you had a good year, not just in the sports book, but obviously in terms of the future forecast as well. Well, you pissed me off on episode one more than you did on the entire other 17 episodes combined, you know, with in terms of just you were really not liking the way I was coming at Belichick and calling him senile. But I'm just going to read you something from my notes from week one. Uh And this was in relation to my Patriots uh, future wager under eight and a half wins. Now, certainly some luck there. They go in eight and nine. Um, but I re- I like Mac Jones, the human being. I just don't believe his skill set is well suited for the NFL as it moves to this next era. Hope I'm wrong. Disastrous having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in your ear, as opposed to Josh McDaniels, who's done it for 25 years. Most of which with Tom Brady. That's a huge loss for Mac Jones, and it results in a step back for them. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know. I bring up Colin Cowherd a lot, but a lot of that's because I respect his knowledge. Dude is tapped in. And he said, you know, earlier this week, Mac Jones isn't the problem. And I thought about it a lot because I think there were some times where we came at Mac Jones and I, I certainly don't think he's the solution the way Justin Herbert is the solution to a lot of problems in that team. But, I, but I, I don't know what I think of Mac Jones. Do I think Mac Jones maybe can be the guy? Yeah, we alluded to that a few episodes back, but certainly in terms of the Patriots, So we'll stay there. Under eight and a half wins, I did hit that. But yeah, the Patriots, man, it is what it is. And I went back, they could have been 12 and five. I looked at a lot of these games, they had opportunities to win. But it really, the overall picture of the Patriots season, it was a really down year. Mac Jones may not be the problem. He is certainly not the solution. I do think they'll address the quarterback position in the draft, but I can assure you Bailey Zappi is not going to have anything resembling a long-term successful NFL career. So that was a wasted selection. And I don't feel premature at all in that analysis. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly you had a lot of good things to say at the outset of the year. And uh, I think now, as we spin it forward... You know, it's going to be really interesting to see a lot of these teams that were on the fringe. You know, do they go to the sort of bowels or do they rise? Because this league, most of these rosters turn over 28, 30% each year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that New England could not just make the playoffs next year. They could actually contend. So we'll just, we'll see. I hear you. So just quickly before we move into the postseason. So I my AFC champion, preseason was the Los Angeles chargers. My NFC champion was the Minnesota Vikings with the chargers winning it all. You had the bills winning the AFC preseason, the Rams winning the NFC and cross that the fuck off your list. <laughs> and, uh, the bills winning the super bowl. So as we move forward, you still got the bills alive. Uh, we're going to talk about how we feel about things now. Certainly I'm not going with my chargers to win the super bowl at this stage. Yeah. Um, any futures or yours you want to touch on before we talk about these postseason games coming up starting Saturday? Well, I would just acknowledge your futures, Patriots, under eight and a half. You got that one home at minus 120. The Miami Dolphins to make the playoffs at plus 150. Man, did you have to sweat that one out, right? Right. We're eight and three at one point. Right. You went to the window and the guy said, sir, we can't catch this <laughs> right now. They exactly. Have below." And I will say I did bet the Cowboys to miss the playoffs plus 175. It wasn't as large a wager as it was in the Dolphins, but it felt real good when Dak went down and Cooper Rush was there. But they certainly made the postseason be fascinating to see what they do. What a fascinating game. Cowboys bucks this weekend. Yeah. Um so First round of games coming up this weekend. I did do an AFC and an NFC champion and a Super Bowl champion based on now. We'll get to that at the end. Let's chop through these games real quick. There's only six games we can spend as little as or as long as you like. Uh, Let's start out. First game, Seahawks at 49ers minus 10. Um, You can tell me who you like. Tell me what you think. Any read on the game? Talk to me. So I don't have action on the game just yet. Now, what if the Detroit Lions were in this spot at San Francisco? I can assure you it wouldn't be double digits, right? Or the Packers even. Um, But yes, yeah, uh, I think the Packers. Yeah, I think you're probably right in terms of the price. So right now, depending on where you shop, this is around 10 points. What is the number I would need to bet on Seattle? I mean, certainly it would have to be double digits. If San Francisco got below 10 to nine and a half, that would be appetizing for me. I do believe the San Francisco 49ers are the best team remaining. I think they have a great chance to win the Super Bowl, to come out of the NFC. Brock Purdy's making plays. George Kittle is back. Christian McCaffrey obviously is on a tear. You know what the defense can do. And I think they have a layup in this first weekend. So I like San Francisco to win, but I won't be laying 11 points this weekend. There's no way. Well, they beat the Seahawks twice already this year and playing a third time, playing a division opponent, if forced to pick the game against the spread, I think I'd take the 10 at this point, but I absolutely love the 49ers and I don't love just betting NFL games against the spread. We're forced to pick five games for the, for the contest. We're forced to pick five games here. Uh, most certainly the 49ers money line will be tied to maybe everything I play for the next six days, you know, because yeah. uh, I don't see that happening um, because I'm just not drinking the Geno Smith Kool-Aid as much as everyone else. And I think it's certainly been a slow fade for the season there. But anyway, well, I like he has play. regressed a little bit over the second half of the season. I still think he's going to get a massive contract. But yeah, I think the 49ers, I would be absolutely stunned of all the games on the board. If Tua Tagovailoa plays, right, I'd be less surprised to see Miami go in there. That Buffalo defense isn't stopping anybody, right? I'd be the most surprised of any team to emerge of the underdogs to see Seattle get through San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah. 49ers for me, ideally a hook below 10. I agree, and we haven't even mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals on this show. I can't wait. I got so much to say about the Cincinnati Bengals, but we're going to keep it in order. The next game of the weekend, Chargers at Jaguars. Pick them game. Don't know if Mike Williams is going to play or not. Play or not For Colin Cowherd, that moved the needle one way or not. He, if Mike Williams plays, he likes the Chargers. If he doesn't, he likes the Jaguars, which I do think is kind of interesting. It's a very close game. You know, Justin Herbert, I talked about a little bit earlier, how, you know, he solves a lot of problems. You know, Chargers are not a perfect unit by any stretch. However, the opportunity to peak at the right time for this team, even last week playing everybody and, and getting guys banged up, I, I don't really know what Brandon Staley is doing. However, do I think they can go beat the Jaguars in a football game? Certainly. I don't think I'm going to be playing this game. I love games that I don't have to play every game. I can't wait to watch this game. I'll be rooting for the Chargers, certainly rooting for my action. Um, You know, and I do think the Chargers can make things annoying uh, in a way that maybe I don't think the Jaguars are quite quite ready to do. So gun to my head, Chargers. I actually think whoever wins this game can make more noise than people expect right now to win the Super Bowl. The Chargers are 20 to one, and the Jaguars are 22 to one. So certainly two of the longer shots out there. It's a pick 'em right now. I have seen Los Angeles minus one in some spots. Certainly, I think the Mike Williams situation bears watching, but I like Jacksonville. I really do. And my handicap began with Doug Peterson versus Brandon Staley, huh. and I didn't yeah, I love necessarily that. Love have that. to get much further. Now Justin Herbert, that dude's the fucking man. And you know who else is the fucking man? Trevor Lawrence, right? But I'm not sure I have ever seen an NFL quarterback throw a better ball than Justin Herbert in my life. I'm 44 years of age, and yet I'm going to be fading that team because I don't think there is discipline. They do commit a lot of penalties. Their coach, eh, just okay. Give me Doug Peterson. Give me Trevor Lawrence. I think they also have the better kicker. I think Jacksonville wins that game. They're also at home, and uh, I might even get the plus one. But I like Jacksonville to potentially win more than one game here in the postseason. That might be a little side piece head to head you and me uh, just for fun. Moving on dolphins at bills. I see this at 11 right now. Certainly the line reflects that two is not going to play. I would be shocked if my, if two is playing and that's a little tough to say, cause it's been kind of a choppy year, but if he was in groove, they certainly had a good, they, they played them very tough few weeks back. I, I think I would like the dolphins here. I, I'm going to contradict my, oh, so Zach Phillips just chimed in. He sees nine and a half there. So that's interesting. And and, go ahead. I was just going to say, the games in which the quarterbacks are in question are bouncing around. I mean, Ravens, Bengals, right? Seven, six and a half. Every time I look, it's a different number right yeah i actually saw it at seven six and a half and six today so yes zach i'm with you i see nine and a half right now our guy actually has it at ten and a half the local guy that we play with i think two of might play i'm not sure it's necessarily going to matter all that much i mean really? certainly they're much better with him there's no doubt about it but what form is this guy in i mean i don't think in terms of his concussive tendencies and the way this season has played out. I'm not going to sit here and get on a soapbox as some sort of medical professional, but based upon what I have seen and the recency of this most recent concussion, I don't think he should play. I might play the bills nine and a half now. I don't think he's going to play. So I don't necessarily want to have that conversation, but assuming he plays like as long as his brain's in good condition, he played a decent game against green Bay until he was concussed and started chucking all over the place and brain banging off the side of his head for the third time all season. I just don't think he plays. And because of that, I'm looking to tease the bills maybe. Um, but, but if to a played, I, I think the bills would be vulnerable to that team, maybe in ways that they might not be vulnerable in a, you know, uh, in a game against the Chiefs at a neutral location, if you yeah. will. Yeah, and I do um, believe that the Bills have looked to be a little bit more vulnerable than the Bengals and the Chiefs. Even if you look at that game against New England, right, you have the two Naheem Hines kick returns for a touchdown, and then the two long touchdown passes. I mean, certainly Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have been doing that all year, so you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But those two plays... Game of inches, if not millimeters. One fingernail goes sideways, and that play on the third and ten isn't made to digs. And maybe we're having a whole different conversation, and the Dolphins aren't in, and the Patriots are going to Orchard Park for the second time in as many weeks. And that's wow. a whole another interesting dynamic that Buffalo would have had to deal with. Well, I hear you. And they couldn't get the Patriots off the field. Patriots played probably their best offensive game. Uh, And I could go on and on and on about different components of the Patriots. You know, Kendrick Bourne, a playmaker that has been given the Malcolm Butler treatment. Just, I don't get it. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the Patriots moving on next game. Giants at Vikings, Vikings minus three, another game where I want no, I have no interest in betting this game against the spread. I, for, I can't believe that I want the Giants to win in my heart, believe it or not, that Day Bowl, I want to root for Day Bowl that much and I'm going to root for a New York team, root against my action. Now, I have Vikings action. I had a future on the Vikings, 39 to 1 to win the Super Bowl that I placed fucking April of last year. Well, they're 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right now, this year, winning their division. I should have bet them just to win the division, frankly. Um, if I have to lean, I probably lean toward the Giants and Day Bowl. I'll be rooting against my action here. I just don't believe in the Vikings at all. So I placed a bet on the New York Giants in October to come out of the NFC, $150 at about 20 to 1. I don't think they're going to come out of the NFC. (laughs) I think they're going to come out of this game. So this obviously is a rematch of a game that happened not all that long ago. As many of you will remember on Christmas Eve, it was a 61-yard field goal that gave Minnesota the 27-24 win over the New York Giants. And I'm sure Brian Dayball and company are thinking, look, Justin Jefferson caught 12 balls against us. TJ Hawkinson caught 13 balls against us. Like, that's not going to happen twice. I do believe the Giants' defense is even better than it was just a few short weeks ago, certainly in terms of their confidence and just the way they're flying around the ball. I think the Giants are going to win. I'm going to take the three points. I think they win this game outright at Minnesota. And... Daniel Jones, current form, pretty good. First playoff start for him, I believe, but current form, quite good. And Dable just, like, really knows what he's fucking doing, and some of these other coaches don't. Like, giving his team the bye last week, okay? Shutting it down last week, and then they are they actually compete in the game. And then you got the Cowboys and the Chargers with those two head coaches, McCarthy and Staley, they're going to trot everybody out, and we're going to play, and we're going to get beat by an inferior team and not have the mojo moving forward. Dable, it's all just – juices up the building in the right way and gives them that buy. and for a guy like daniel jones even if he doesn't get hit he falls down a lot of the time on these stumbling uh you know scrambles so for me that bye week that they really gave themselves i think worked out beautifully i'm, yeah. I'm with you i i right. just hope dayball doesn't lose weight i agree that's because funny. i think it's part of the appeal you know lane kiffin loses all this weight I mean, I was doing John Anik's Charity Challenge, an MMA event several years ago at a bar in South Florida. And who's there, you know, knocking pints back like they're shots of water? Lane Kiffin. You know, he doesn't eat anymore. doesn't drink anymore. And I think Brian Dayball, you know, I hope he doesn't, uh, you know, lean into that treadmill too heavily during the offseason. I think part of the appeal is that that he hasn't seen his penis in 25 years. (laughs) You like that, Joey. All right. Next game on the board. Ravens at Bengals minus six and a half. So, and this line, I'm sure you see in different places, obviously you see the thing to me, is like, even if Lamar plays, I don't see it. What is it? So if they say Lamar is playing, does this really get down to like four? I, I, I you know, I just don't see it. I don't think he's going to be himself. I think the Bengals line is so Zach sees it at seven. Um, but I want to talk, I think there's a little pressure on the Bengals here, right? It is a division. I don't necessarily love seeing John Harbaugh on the other side of the field, regardless of who's playing quarterback. And as, as high as I am on the Bengals. Um, and I, I hate to do it, but I got to do it. Like, I think they get hosed. Like I, I was very bullish on them going into that game against Buffalo and you can be sure they looked like they were ready to play up seven, three crossing over midfield with a big play. They win that game. It's a whole different situation. Then Buffalo coming back to Cincinnati, a Buffalo team to me, that's a little bit shaky. So now you got the Ravens, you beat the Ravens, and then you're going to Orchard Park. Like with respect, that's so fucked up for the Bengals, in my opinion. And no disrespect to – I'm not – the game shouldn't – have. Be, I, whatever. Logistic, I'm not going to get into that. But for the, yeah. from the Bengals' standpoint, but I hope it's a little bit of me against the world. But no matter how much I like that Bengals team and liked how they looked against Buffalo – if they make it to Orchard Park, I don't like them there. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you may, and I'm not trying to jump a week ahead. So, And you can talk on that game, but in terms of Ravens-Bengals here, I still like the Bengals here. I think they cover the number, whether Lamar plays or not. Go ahead. So as soon as we get off the air, I'm going to go take that seven, right? Because I do think Lamar Jackson will play. And I do think even if he's 80%, he is the consummate playmaker. If you but if some he's eighty percent, I don't think he is the consummate playmaker if he's eighty percent. You have I seen just some frustration from Lamar Jackson this year, and perhaps it's boiling over from the contract situation a little bit. I mean, I do believe that he's gonna get his money. I hopefully I don't think well, I don't I hope they don't franchise him, but they probably will. Bob but Kraft should give him, him his money. I've seen him get frustrated with teammates at times and I think he's gonna play and therefore through the key number or at the key number to seven, I will take it right now. I do believe if Lamar plays, it probably closes five and a half or six. But, yeah, I mean, I appreciate and share a lot of your bullishness on Cincinnati. And, you know, I I do think that they were going to beat the Buffalo Bills, especially when you see what New England was able to do offensively against Buffalo in Week 18. So, uh, for me, it's going to be Ravens plus seven if that number still exists ten minutes from now, but not a game that um, all that juiced up to play, if I'm being honest, really, especially because of uh, Lamar Jackson's situation. God, if, if the Bengals and the Bills play again, just so many things that are fascinating. It's like it, it some good tape for the Bills in terms of the Bengals just dominating on offense for even in that short, you know, first quarter. Anyway, final game of the weekend, the Monday Nighter, Cowboys at Buccaneers plus three. The only home team that's an underdog with the greatest quarterback in the history of the national football league, Tom Brady at the helm, Tom terrific back in the fucking tournament. Like you going to go ahead and take Dallas. So Jason Garrett made a comment on NBC sports uh, Sunday night, I believe talking about Dallas on grass, I believe one in four or one in five on natural grass um, as my, they like that field turf at home. I think that could be a factor. I don't really know, man. This is another one that I'm glad I don't have to pick it. Some of these games wouldn't necessarily be in my five. I think Dallas certainly has the better overall skill players, but I don't know. I just don't know what to think about the Buccaneers. They can't really run the ball. Their defense can be good. Um, I'd probably take the three here. I'll be rooting for my boy, Tom Terrific. I'm at the point now where I want Brady to continue playing. I'm over it now. I can you know, if it goes to Raiders next year whatever it is. So for me, if the Cowboys don't, I think the Cowboys need to win this game. And I think they would really be a player if they move forward where I'm not so sure about Tampa Bay. Talk to me, man. Bucks, what do Dallas. we make of Dallas's effort against the Washington Commanders in a game that mattered to them in Week 18? I don't want to make too much of that necessarily. We know what Stephen A. Smith thinks about that particular effort, right, and that franchise. But, gosh, they're still the better team. I'm just not looking for them to have to win by four for me to cash my ticket. I mean, it's not as though Tampa Bay overnight – Got all of their players back, right? It's not as though their offensive line is now clicking on all cylinders because Tristan Wirfs might be playing season. though. Tristan Wirfs, that's might fine, be but they're fairly ravaged, and certainly a lot of the public money seems to be on Tampa Bay. I've seen the line three, I've seen it two and a half. Yeah, I would play Tampa Bay at home plus three. Um, but I like the Dallas Cowboys on the money line. I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to right the ship and you know get everybody sort of untracked after what happened last week. I think too much is being made of that. I think Tampa Bay is much more the outfit that we saw all season long. That's 8-9, and And, uh, I like Dallas to win, but I'm I'm not laying three. If it got to 2.5, maybe, but again, all season long, you make me pick five games against the spread. Now I have a little freedom to not play the game, so not in any rush to play. it. In Tom Brady's final season with the Patriots, it was clear in actions and words that he was done. After that season, and you sort of get the same sense in Tampa a little bit, you no know. Doubt. And so, so I, I'm curious if that creeps in a little bit here. Um, I'm just not going to bet against my boy. You can be sure. Uh, the only thing I believe we have left to do is pick the winners uh, of the AFC and the NFC and our Super Bowl champs based on the postseason schedule that lies. So, if you'd be so kind, start us out. Who is your AFC champion? So we haven't talked about the Chiefs and the Eagles who both have those first round buys, obvious reasons, right? But out of the AFC, I'm still going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I'm still going to go with the team that I picked at the beginning of the season. And even though it seems like a lot of these Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs connections are high degree of difficulty, maybe 15% chance you get a completion, They keep doing it time and time again. Devin Singletary's running hard. Dawson Knox is coming out of his shell, really starting to round out that offense. I don't know how it's going to go for them defensively, but I do believe that they're going to be favored to come out of the AFC, and uh, even though I think it's sort of a three-horse race, Jacksonville might creep, but I think largely we're looking at Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Jacksonville. For me, I'm going to uh, somewhat reluctantly stay with the Buffalo Bills as my AFC... Championship representative in Super Bowl Fifty, whatever it is. So uh, I didn't really have to think too hard about this, um, you know. And let's say I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but let's say Cincinnati did win that game, and that game gets played. Cincinnati looked like they were yeah, they were up seven three at the time. So let's say they do win that game, and then Buffalo does come back there after they both win this weekend. <clears throat> I yes, it's an advantage to be at home. But I, I'm a little bit of a law of averages guy, and it's like, okay, so you're the Bengals, and you, you take care of the Bills at home, and then they come back a few weeks later. That scares me a little bit. So the, so the fact that they, have, they didn't really get to feel each other out in that important game, and whether it's seeing formations, different things, I'm picking the Bills to win the AFC, much to your surprise. I would have picked the Bengals and the Chiefs to beat them. If, if, if it was going through Cincinnati or Kansas City, which I don't think it is. I think the Bills are the third best team in the AFC. But I think this major event with DeMar Hamlin and getting stronger every day, I think it's real. And so you're telling me for the Bills to hoist Lombardi, and I don't want to go there, I, AFC first, we'll get there. But so you're telling me the Bills got to take care of the Dolphins at home, which is not going to be Tua. And then you got the Bengals coming in town, which is a home game. And then you're probably playing Chiefs at a neutral site. If I'm not, so if that's the path, I'm taking the bills. I think KC on a neutral field against Buffalo to me with the DeMar Hamlin, everything that's happened with this. I think it actually is that le- little extra bit, maybe to push the bills over the edge yeah. where maybe I did look at them at a little bit of a, a deficit compared to some of these other teams. I'll be rooting hard for the Bengals with respect because I think, you know, seven, eight in a row, whatever it is, they just yeah. Yeah. put themselves in position after going zero and two to be the two seed. Two, two years ago, that even gets you a buy. Um, you know, right, anyway, right. we're talking about a coin flip this week. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, who day? Let's go Cincinnati. We'll see what happens. But my, the bills are my pick to come out of the AFC. So right now, the Chiefs are favored to win the AFC, followed by the Bills and then the Cincinnati Bengals. In terms of the overall Super Bowl favorite, Kansas City, then Buffalo and San Francisco. So Kansas City plus 250, the Bills and Niners plus 350, the Eagles plus 400, and then the Bengals plus 650, and it goes up from there. My NFC representative, you heard it earlier, the San Francisco 49ers. You know, the Jalen Hurts train was rolling, and then it had to stop. And then, obviously, they did what they needed to do in Week 18, but now they have another week off. And I'm not necessarily sure that that is optimal, if I'm being candid. You know, I think this team sort of needs to re So I still think the Eagles will be heard from. I still absolutely think that other teams in the NFC could be heard from. Maybe even Tampa Bay, 28-1. to Philly right now, by the way, plus 125 to come out of the NFC. I think it's going to be San Francisco, man. In Kyle Shanahan, I trust. I think San Francisco's offense is going to carry them to Super Bowl 50, whatever it is. I'm going with the number one seed in the Philadelphia Eagles to come out of the NFC. I just think they're going to figure it out. Lane Johnson is a big part of this, whether he plays or not. I think that's an enormous part of this. Um, But you're probably getting the winner of Giants, Minnesota if I'm not mistaken. And then you got to host the 49ers and Brock Purdy with your chance to go to the Super Bowl. So if that's what I'm... Or maybe or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. But frankly, if I'm the 49ers, I, I don't care how healthy Jimmy G is. I right. That's a keep the train rolling. But you know is Mac Jones so much better than Brock Purdy, right? If you throw Brock Pur, if you throw Mac Jones to the 49ers, is he right? I mean, how 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 much does Brock Purdy matter? In my prediction for the 49ers to make the postseason before the season started, I had in my nose like I don't care who's playing quarterback, and that's still maybe the case. Okay, Super Bowl 57. Thank you. Yeah, um, I just looked it up, but Zach to the rescue. Yeah, we were actually at the last Super Bowl, the last Patriots playoff win. By the way, you and I were in the building. Super Bowl 53 or whatever it was. But anyway, I think I think the Philadelphia Eagles just find a way to do it with that buy. And I'm and I'm hopeful that they do. So I have Bills facing the Eagles. My Super Bowl winner. And I'm gonna go first here. And I can't believe so. I placed I bet I bet this today. And this will surprise I bet the Bills to win the Super Bowl plus 350. I like the number right now. I don't love betting on some of these. But you know, if I think that you're going to get maybe a better line in an individual game, why'd you play them plus 350? If if maybe that, but I don't think the Bills. I think you're going to be a pick 'em in any of these games or favored uh, the rest of the way. I like them to win the Super Bowl. I believe you know. I'm not talking religion, like Josh Allen, to say, but how about that kickoff return touchdown I mean, come on! And then another kickoff return touchdown. Now I know the Patriots have had their ups and downs, but I just I think the Bills are going to find a way. And for me. The Bills, who have been so snake bitten and for such a long time, to me, this little off course thing feels like it's going to be what takes them on yeah. course to hoist it. And I don't hate it. I'm not going to hate seeing it. No, I think you put that well. And when the Patriots were at their dynastic best and they were winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, they were making plays like Stephon Diggs repeatedly makes, whether it was David Givens or somebody else catching the ball that he shouldn't have, right? It just seems like things are aligning for Buffalo. But that being said, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers to hoist the Lombardi Trophy at Super Bowl 57. I just think they're going to be too much for Buffalo, and I do think emotionally, uh, eventually there could be an emotional spillover for the Buffalo Bills. I think you saw a little bit of it in the Patriots game, but I do think it's a lot for that team emotionally and mentally still to deal with, even though it looks like DeMar is going to be okay, if not resume his career at some point in time. But, man, the 49ers, dude, so many different ways to beat you on both sides of the football. Special teams outstanding as well with Robbie Gold. You got the better kicker. Head coach to me is probably a wash. Slight special teams advantage for me goes to San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk, Kyle yuschek Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. I hear you, dude. I, I hear you. Uh, the O-line. I, I, I think I San Francisco it. and Buffalo are going to meet in the Super Bowl. And I, hate, I win $7,000 if Buffalo wins the Super Bowl. I think I'm ripping up all those tickets. I think Kyle Shanahan gets his first. I like it. So that'll be a wrap on Annex Squared Season 1. I'm just going to start thanking everyone at the hammer.bet, specifically Rob Pizzola, Alex Moretto, most importantly, our guy executive producer, Zach Phillips, and great to get to know you, my man. And just to let you know, the Forward Progress YouTube channel, where all this content is being filtered through, um, they got they, that is your NFL betting hub. They got live shows all day long, Forward Progress YouTube channel. We will be back. Talk to me, John, and get us out of here. Yeah, of course. Thanks to Rob Pozzola and Alex and everybody else. Zach Phillips, appreciate at the helm all season long, and uh, we might be back for a Super Bowl preview. But thanks to everybody, obviously, who checked us out on Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network, and for those of you who came on late in the season when we started simulcasting on the Anakin Florian Podcast YouTube channel. Anakin Squared will be back for season two. That's a guarantee. I don't know if the Hammer Betting Network's going to pick it up, but hopefully it'll be here. If not, though, Anakin Squared will be back in your life coming up fall of 2023, so stay tuned for that. But obviously, this is a labor of love. I've enjoyed it. Congratulations to you. I'll be making good on the bet. Maybe even I'll do it on your podcast with Bilal Muhammad. I'll come on, remember the show, and pay off the bet with my five shots at tequila. But congratulations on a big win, and uh, and a lot of future success as well. For the great John Anik, my name is Jason Anik. We appreciate you all joining us on Anik Squared. We will see you next season. All the love. Later.